You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're going to skip through. We're going to taste the third chapter of Chava because uh, it's the last day before Yom Kippur and after Yom Kippur, we're going to take the yeshiva break until the end of, end of the month. So I just want to try to give a sense as to the third chapter and we're very much going to be dealing with, um, well, I guess, times and measurements and also with taste. And the chapter begins with a um, a question about casual eating. And we, of course, we've seen the question of casual eating in the tractate of, um, in Truman, Master Shani. You can eat casually from food that hasn't had truman masa taken from it but you can't make a form like a fixed meal out of it and we've said for example when you carry the food into the house then the the truman the masa is really due the question that this mission is going to address is well okay what's the equivalent of carrying something into the house when we're talking about challah in other words what at what point can we are we no longer allowed just to snack on dough from the point of when before challah has been taken? And the Mishnah says, you can snack from dough until it's rolled up in terms of wheat flour. That must mean, you know, they used to make bread that was a bit like pitta. In those days and you can actually still see the bedouin do it they'll roll the dough up into balls and then they're gonna they're gonna slap it in the side of the oven or roast it on the roasted on, on the top of a pan in the fire so you get these round pitabet bread kind of things and matzah was probably like that as well actually it was soft floppy matzah in sort of round pancakes that you'd make by rolling the round thing out into what you'd roll it out into a round thing and then you'd slap it on in the oven or on a pan. So until it's kind of rolled out into a ball, you can snack from it awry. You can snack from it casually. And barley dough hmm, it, it sort of doesn't seem to coalesce in quite the same way. So for barley dough, barley dough the Mishnah says, Vet Vetitam tame until it goes into a solid mass. Basorim barley has to go into a solid mass, and the Mishnah then gives us a terrible warning. If the wheat has been wheat dough has been rolled, or the barley dough is made into a solid mass, someone who eats it is liable for death. This is death at the hands of heaven, not. At the hands of a human court, but we all remember the Mishnah in Shabbat about the oh gosh, people getting into dangerous situations, and for men it can be climbing up a ladder or getting into a boat, and for women it's childbirth, and certain mitzvot seem to protect from that danger, at least according to the Mishnah in Shabbat, and taking color is one of these. And then the Mishnah goes on to say, as soon as it's very interesting, this Mishnah is written in the feminine, by the way, and we've seen all of these Mishnayot that we've been learning so far written in the masculine. So clearly, already in the time of the Mishnah, women were making 
dough and taking color. Kevan etamai, as soon as she puts in the water, so she's starting to mix the dough. Magbahat chalata, she takes up her chala. She takes out her chala. Ubilavad, now here we have a mixed text. Ubilavad, sham chamisha kemach, as long as there are five fourths of flour there. That's actually according to the Kaufman manuscript, which is the best manuscript we have. As long as there are five fourths of flour, five fourths of a cup of flour, you can take chala, right? That's sort of obvious, and that's the quantity we've learned so far. Actually, the printed editions and the Gemara have a different reading. The printed editions and the Gemara put in the word not, the word lo. Provided that there are not five fourths of flour there. And that is a bit weird. Why should she be, why should she lift out her chala provided there are not five fourths of flour there? And the Rambam, the, the Rambam explains, and he explains actually quoting the Jerusalem Talmud. So clearly the Jerusalem Talmud has got the word not in it because the whole sugya is based around the word not. And he explains, as soon as she put in water, she takes out her chala. Even though after mixing, some of the flour remains unneed, unneeded and unmixed. On condition that the unmixed flour, that the stuff left behind is less than the five-fourths, which makes the minimal quantity. So that's the way the Rambam and the Gemara seem to read this Mishnah, with the word not. As soon as she puts in the water, she should lift her chala, providing that there are not five-fourths of flour left behind unmixed. Because, of course, then she'd have to take chala again, or the chala she's taking isn't, isn't, um, uh, doesn't free the dough which she's going to make. And the Rambam brings a, a little, um, I don't want to say it's a trick, but he says, look, he, by the way, he changes the masculine here. If he says, when he takes the chala, or she, when she takes the chala, hey, this chala is for the dough and for the leavening and for the flour left behind once it's finished. So maybe when you take the chala, you include all the dough, that, that all the flour which is left behind, even more than five-fourths of a cup. Then what's in his hand is sanctified as chala, and this is permitted as explained in the Gemara. So he refers you straight back to the Jerusalem Talmud. Interesting that the Rambam knows the whole of the Jerusalem Talmud as well as the whole of the Talmud bottle. So that's how the chapter 3 begins, with questions about timing and questions about timing but also some kind of reminder as to just how um how weighty this this mitzvah is if you know just by eating wheat dough before chal has been taken that makes us liable to death it's quite it's, a, it's quite a it's quite a serious mishnah and the Mishnah is going to go on to talk about taste. Someone who makes dough from wheat and rice. Now we know that rice is not liable to chala. So what's the division? At what point does it become liable? And the Mishnah says, So it seems as though the quantity is not important. It's not like the truma and the mass and the truma that we've been learning about up till now, which can be nullified, you know, by being in a quantity of 100 to 1 or 101 to 1 is the taste that matters here. 
We've seen, by the way, this question of taste in terms of mixtures of foods for chala. If it has a taste of grain, chayevet b'chala. And, of course, then all the parallel meats for Pesach, And you can fulfill your obligation with it on Pesach. So you can actually eat a rice a rice matzah on Pesach, and you could fulfill your obligation of alachilat matzah, as long as it had enough wheat in it that you could actually taste the wheat. And conversely, if it doesn't have the taste of grain, it's not seri techala, and you can't fulfill your obligation on Pesach. And the same applies to leavening. So hanotel se'or me'isat chitin. Maybe you take leavening from a dough of wheat, and you put it into a dough of rice. Same rule applies. If it's got the taste of grain, it's subject to chala. And if it's not, it's not. And so they asked, and this is the final Mishnah in the chapter, Why do they say untithed produce of any amount renders food prohibited? And that's the basic halacha, that if you have a pile of produce where tithes have been taken, and a small quantity where tithes have not been taken. That's tevel, produce that has not been properly tithed. And you mix the two together. You can't eat anything in a mixture until you've taken tithes again. A minimal quantity. Minimal quantity. And it seems to have nothing to do with taste. And then the Mishnah answers... Uh, the Mishnah answers... Um, if we're talking about the same species a pile of wheat and a small amount of wheat that, that hasn't had tithes taken falling into it then the, the smallest quantity renders the whole pile invalid if we're talking about different species what really counts is when it gives taste when it gives taste and somehow yeah a small quantity into a large quantity if it gives it taste it can take on the characteristics of that small quantity even if it's utterly overwhelmed in terms of pure um, you know even even if the, the quantity is a tiny tiny minority of the whole thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.